It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Talksport Daily. I'm Jason Cunningham for Mr. Goldstein, and you are listening to the Talksport Daily podcast. On the show today, you'll hear the fallout from the old firm clash with a former hoop unhappy with Stephen Gerald's behaviour after the match. We'll hear from the new West Ham manager David Moyes and a former Premier League player defends VR. No, really, he does defend it. But it's West Ham where we start and David Moyes' his first press conference since rejoining the Hammers, thanks to West Ham TV. I want to see what fits best for the club. But ultimately, I want to play good football. I want to play exciting football. I want to give everybody something to cheer about and shout about. You know, being around the stadium, obviously, I know my way around and, and the training ground. So I'm looking forward to getting started. But, you know, what we need to do is, is be together. You know, a club together, supporters, players, and I really want to make make something special. I do know that it's such a big club, and somewhere soon, someone's going to get West Ham near the top of the league, and he's going to have them challenging. I have to make sure that someone's me. And staying with the Irons, here's drive time with Tony Cascarina and Georgie Bingham. Well, the interesting thing on this, Georgie, is. Why wasn't he appointed in 2018-19 season? And why did they go for Pellegrini? I think what, they... Well, I was going to say, Georgie, what didn't they see in David Moyes not to give him the job? Hollywood is what I think. Okay, I think but, they thought they were a bit... Pellegrini well, was bigger and more blockbuster. Yeah, I, there is a real emphasis on football where you have to have entertainment. You have to produce it. The, the game has evolved where you put a team out, now fans have to be happy what they see. It's got to be good, it's got to be entertaining and you've got to be successful. So there's sort of three demands in one there. Now, the onus was only on keeping West Ham up. Now, this is the same situation he walked into... Kind of, yeah. ...a couple of years ago. Yeah. Where he walked into a situation, he's got to keep West Ham up. Now, he's offered 18 months, so he's he's now in a situation, he gets to the end of the season, what happens, it's going to be, yep, you've kept us up. Next season, we've got to have a bit more again. It's not going to be a, a relegation battle. The trouble is, he's got a very average team in many, many departments. Fullbacks need completely revamping. But this guy has got to do what many other managers who have come when this decision happens and it's pretty brisk. They come in, they get offered the job to keep a team up. Is The, the, the objective is that and nothing more now for West Ham. 
This is Jermaine Pennant with Lindsay Hipgrave in for Jim White on the mid-morning show. And this is Jermaine defending VAR. Jermaine, you're happy with the way it's working? Love VAR. <laughs> Love VAR. I think you're the only person I've found who's <laughs> hey, ever l- said listen, that. It's, all right, let's, let's get to the bottom of it. It's not VAR. It's the rules. They're not making... The VAR don't make the rules. They've got... Uh, you know, they're going by the lines, the, the rule book. If someone's offside by a centimetre, if someone's offside by a yard, they're offside. That's what the rule book states. So VAR are just going by the rules. And... You know, Liverpool's goal was was disallowed originally for an handball. It wasn't handball. But there was a, a previous handball in the build-up to that from, from Van Dijk, which wasn't even picked up by it or wasn't even... Well, wasn't even discussed. That's the... that's the Because the, the, the referee didn't um, bring it back. The referee played on. And... It, it was still in that attacking phase of play, though, which effectively led to the goal. So for things like that, there was a blatant penalty that Andy Carroll should have had at the weekend. They didn't pick that up. But yeah, we're ruling out these goals for millimetres and spoiling the well, enjoyment of the game. We want more goals in the game. We want no, you, to give you, the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. But there you go. You want more goals in the game, but then Liverpool's goal won't accounted because the referee disallowed it when it was a, a perfect goal. So, look, we're not saying it's perfect and there will be um, mistakes, but... They have it in every other sport and there's no complaints. You have it in tennis, Orkai. You have it in cricket. You know, when umpire gives a decision, when it's not, it goes upstairs. They have a look at it. It's in basketball. It's in it's in rugby. So it's in other sports. But you I'm know, happy to have it, yeah. well, a little bit, if it is just for the blatant howlers, that it's not interfering. We, we, well, we told minimal interference for maximum benefit. And it's, it's not. It's interfering all the time. There's constant breaks in the game. It's interfering on things that, that it shouldn't. If it was a blatant howler, if it's something which is clear and obvious, that's what we're sold. These, these offsides are not clear and obvious. Well, you, I think, like I said, I think we have to go to the rules then. I think that maybe the rules are going to have to get changed to, to allow VAR to, you know, um, do what it's doing where they're not penalising for millimetres, centimetres, if that's what people are complaining about. But they are just following the rules. The rules say if you're offside, you're, you're offside and that's what they're doing. You know, the only people who are moaning in here is the people who have had the, the fans and the players who have had the decision against them. You See, know? I know a few Tottenham fans who had absolutely no problem with that goal from Pookie and thought it was a ridiculous decision. I don't think there's a Spurs fan out there who would have complained if that goal was given. Yeah, well, probably. Well, that was uh, the worst one I've seen, that one. Were. I mean, he's, he's like I said, feet are like a foot on side. Well, there's going to be like said, there's gonna be mistakes, you know, and, and the longer it goes on, the better it'll get. But I'm all for it, like because, you know, it could help or, and destroy teams. It could help a team win the league, win a competition, get um, stay up from relegation, you, you know, because the referees do make blunders. And... The VAR corrects that. Over to the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast, and this is Jamie O'Hara's slightly different take on VAR. Absolutely killing the game. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but all I know is that it is ruining football. You know, they're, they're killing it out. It's got to go. I don't know what the... For me, my biggest thing is people saying about moving the line and all these lines and... You know, Sunes, I said he said on Sky last night about, you know, if you're if you if half if your body's onside, then you're onside. You know, instead of it being offside. But the problem is, is whenever you put a line somewhere, there's always going to be a marginal decision mm. wherever you put that line. So for me, the only way forward to stop all this nonsense of killing football matches is take away VAR for offsides. Just scrap it. Mm. Do it for red cards. Do it for 
you know, uh, clear and obvious fouls and, you know, things like that. But yeah. for offside, just get rid of it. People pay good money, and it's, a, it's very expensive to go and watch Premier League football matches. Mm. And people are paying good money to go and watch these games, and they're chalking off goals, you know, for... You know, that's what we're going... That's why we watch football. That's why it's, it's an entertainment business. It is a complete joke. I mean, it is ruining the football match. And you know what it was? It's so disappointing that is it Nito who scored Neto. The passion when he scored mm. and all the fans and the players all running over well, celebrating. that's what annoys me. That's what just, really gets me. And now it's just, you're seeing the players looking every time. They're looking at it thinking, oh, well, there's no point celebrating because there might be a marginal offside or yeah. a toe, you know? It's yeah. just... It's complete joke. This is former Celtic striker John Hartson now with Lindsay Hipgrave and Jermaine Pennant looking back at the old firm clash which saw Rangers win at Parkhead for the first time in nine years. I think the Celtic fans are intelligent enough, yeah. not naive enough to think that there's a challenge. And the way Rangers performed, um, outplayed Celtic at times in, in the cup final and outplayed Celtic on their own yesterday. Although Celtic missed a penalty and they had two chances cleared off the line. Um, so the game could have swung. But, yeah. you know, you have to say that they're not, Celtic fans are not naive enough. Lee Lennon's not naive enough to think that, you know, you might have to bring in one or two additions mm -hmm. during this uh, break. Um, one or two of the players looked a little bit uh, forest, uh, got taken off. Um, Ryan Christie looked a bit subdued after his penalty miss. Um, you know, so for me, you know, they 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 need to get look fresher after this break, and um, and they need to come back and show the you know the sign of real champions, and kick on again. In, you know, the the back the the second half of the season, but as I said, they're not stupid, they're not naive. They will know Rangers. The way that they played is a little bit a little bit unnerving for Celtic to think that. There is a real challenge now. Mm. Rangers have a game in hand. If they win that game in hand, they go top. But there's yeah. still a load of other games to negotiate. John, what, what did you think of Gerard's celebrations at the end? He nutted the camera, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, listen, he, he's obviously he's obviously absolutely thrilled with the win. It's not easy to win at Celtic Park. I, I thought, you know, Stevie, um, I thought the... The handshake was slightly wrong. Um, I thought he just slapped Neil's hand and he slapped John Kennedy's hand and sort of walked away. Uh, I thought Stevie would have shook the hands. Man to man, looked him in the eye, shook hands, shook hands. But he didn't. It was almost like a high five, a slap, and walked away. But listen, I'm not. Um, it's not a criticism. It's just the way he um, was obviously delighted to have got the three points. He felt his team played very well. And um, that was the only thing I was a little surprised about, that he didn't shake the guy's hands. Well, I could, I could tell you this, it. John. He He's just not done with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell you this, John. Him, him being my, you know, former captain, he's, he's yeah. a pa passionate guy. And, you know, with, with Celtic being, before, being the arch rivals, there was never going to be smiles and nugs and, 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 and shakes. And that's the Stevie G. But um, I'm sure that, you, you know, they won't, Neil and, and, and Kerr won't be taking it personal. John, you're saying you no, haven't seen that passion from him up to now? No, in these games I haven't, no. I've not seen that sort of excitement and facing the camera. And, but obviously it means an awful lot to him. Stevie's one of my heroes. Listen, mm. I supported Liverpool as a kid. You know, I grew up watching the great Liverpool players. He's arguably alongside 
Kate Douglas and, and all these other greats that Rush is. You know, he's a wonderful player. And, and I looked up to Stevie when he was at Liverpool. But at the end of the day, um, he's great passion as a player. But since he's been at Rangers, in all fairness, he's not had a lot to shout about. He's not had an awful lot to get passionate about. But yesterday, I can understand um, him, him showing that passion. But I still feel... If you look at the celebrations, he sort of slapped Neil's hands. Slapped, I thought he would have shook their hands properly and then was celebrated. That was the only thing that I was slightly um, disappointed not, not concerned about. That surprised me a little bit. Now, this is Max Rushton and Charlie Baker in for H&J. So we got this beautiful aftershave yeah. for, for Christmas. Yeah. And I thought, why is it only David Beckham right. that has aftershave yeah. named after him, Max? Mm-hmm. Other players... Should also have aftershaves, shouldn't, they? shouldn't, shouldn't they? they? You know, that's yeah. how we think. And you've said, oh no, we should come up with names for those aftershaves. Aftershaves for footballers. So um, I've, um, I've said uh, Calamity from Roberto Jimenez, the West Ham goalkeeper. Okay, that's nice. I mean, that, Mustafi also wears that, I believe. <laughs> um, uh, this is from uh, Ed, says Beans on Toast by Paul Merson. That's nice. Isn't that's it? lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, James says uh, Simulation by Jack Grealish. I mean, Oof, that, that's a shame. Could be a. Uh, uh, Socks <laughs> Sox down. Uh, by Jack Grealish. <laughs> Socks Down by Steve Claridge. Yeah. Brute by Ian Dowie. <laughs> uh, uh, they're, they're, so they're not. I think there's a real cut inside, says Harry, by Iron Robin. Oh, that's nice. That is really that's good. Uh, so, gr- we've got uh, Matt from the Sussex countryside has been on. He's saying mm-hmm. Gruff by Sean Dash. Uh, gruff by Sean. Yeah, that's nice. This Christmas. He says spicy with, a, with pleasant earthy undertones. Um, yeah, and and the hint of worm. If you remember the rumor that Sean Dyche ate worms when he? he was playing, when he was, I don't know if it's true, uh, but someone came out and said when he was when he played alongside Sean Dyche, he would he you know just wander around the pitch eating worms. Oh, lovely, for balance, lovely, wouldn't I it, guess. Yeah. Uh, Dan says Lagoon by Phil Jones. Uh, <laughs> That's nice. Spurs says uh, Gloves by Pascal Timbonda. They're really nice. Jim Mystery by Ian Culverhouse. Thank you, Jim. Oh, yes. um, so look, keep them coming, please. Footballers. The other one is obviously the second coming of David Moyes. Mm. And we were saying disappointing second comings. It's not like the Bible. People went, oh, it's Jesus. He's a, he's a good one. <laughs> People have gone one. with Moyes. Oh, I'm not oh. sure about that one. You know, had it been, you know, if Moyes had come back in biblical times, they go, oh, got better prophets I mean, out there, aren't they? He's a safe pair of hands. He's a safe pair of hands. But is he going to change the world? Is I mean, he, you know, is he, he going to bring peace to our time? Is he? He, he? he fed us, he nearly fed us all with the loaves and fishes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Remember, they only gave an 18-month contract, didn't they? Hi, I'm Danny Kelly, and you're listening to TalkSport Daily. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Back to breakfast. And here's Jamie O'Hara on Manchester United and Erland Haaland. They're a proper football club and they want to do things right and they're not going to be held to ransom. You know, that maybe that they looked at it and thought, yeah, he's done well, but we got Mason Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. You know, we got Mason Greenwood, we got Martial. You know, what are we going to stifle their chance to get in the first team, to bring in a 19-year-old and pay him 300 grand a week who might set the world alight, but he might not. We don't know yet. It just annoys me a bit when you see all that everyone's linked to Man United and then if they don't sign for Man United, it's like, oh, Man United haven't got him because, you know, no one wants to sign for Man United. I don't think that's the case. This is the... Pre- yes, it says this again. It said this every time. Why change it? This is the Press Box with Danny, Kelly, Sean Custis and Bruce Millington. You can catch the show every Monday night at 7 and this is them talking about England's first defeat, test defeat, to South Africa. This is it. It's difficult, this, because he he is such a great player and there's nothing wrong with the fella at all. But Joe Root is not a good England captain. That's the, I mean, He's not in charge of a good team, but he's not a good England captain either. Uh, and, okay. and the real problem with that is there's nowhere for them to go with that. You can't make Stokes captain because Flintoff has put the... Uh, the kibosh and ever having the all-rounder as captain again. The next one on the on the on the on, they're not going to make the two fast bowlers because we've had enough cliques with them over the years, and that leaves Rory Burns, who's struggling to establish himself in international cricket as the possible captain. This is where I will wheel out something I've said for most of the twenty-five years I've been doing my column. You should be able to have non-playing captains. They're managers. These things are too. They're, they're senior this management is why the roles. Here, people. Let let. The, let the guy out on the field. He wears a red coat. It could be Jeff Boycott. It could be whoever you want. It could be Brearley, whoever yep. you want. Atherton. Get him out. You don't. Why should a player have to make all these crucial decisions? It's too much. I mean, we had we we, we saw the South Africans twenty years ago try it, didn't we? When the coach uh, was in the ear of the captain, he was wearing an earpiece, and they put a stop to that straight away. But you make a very good point. A non-playing captain would be a fascinating new factor in cricket because they I have think. to. I mean, and fascinating is what they have to bring back to test cricket I love it but I partially that's because I'm. it's like people who like Coronation Street you're so invested because I've been watching it for so many years I know the ins and outs of it I know the names from the past I know the current players I'm invested in it but if I was a neutral coming to it and comparing it to the Indian Premier League for instance why would you ever get into test cricket and also you know the game either the pitch is too docile and 500 plays 550 after four days or you get a game like this where nobody, no England player really comes to grips either batters or bowlers with a slightly a slightly lively pitch shall we say and it's over in three and a half days um, leaving TalkSport 2 with nothing to do for a whole day by the way um, Sean let me ask you a really brutal question is there any future for Test cricket? I think us of an older vintage liked things though I still love going to test I went this year I still love going to watch it I still enjoy it I, I went the World Cup final as well there's two different games in yes, many they ways are. They're but, different sports. but I love going to both uh, whether younger people would still sit through five days of test cricket I, I'm not so sure I think the trouble is if you go to say day one of a test 
you, you, I always call it the 270 for three thing. You come yeah. to the end of it, you've walked away, you've spent six hours, you thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm in football terms, I'm only 20 minutes through the match. Yeah. It's difficult. And also, they don't help themselves with the pricing policy. 100 Absolutely. quid to get into Lords is a disgrace. Yeah. yeah. They're, 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 you they're, really want to. Yeah. Day three is the day you always want to go to a test match. That's that's part of the problem, I Unless suppose. Unless England but... are playing, because it might all still be going on. And, of course, the second test gets underway on Friday at 7.30am on TalkSport 2. Now to the Sports Bar's best bits, myself and Perry Groves, and here they are. This is them. It's New Year's Eve. Be the last caller or... on the train of the decade. Not just the year, the decade. Or you as be the, the last train. caller. Run out of steam. No, Does it Perry, run out of no, steam? No, Perry, they won't let us down, mate. Be a hero. Pick up the phone. Tickets, 0877 Okay. So the lines we go. We are going to you're the last caller on the midnight train of this decade. Double three double five. No pressure. Hello, mate. Who are we talking to? We're talking to Paul. Hi, now, Paul, Paul you, um, Hello, have the, have, you have the privilege of being the final caller on the midnight train Excellent. of the decade. Excellent. Not just the year, the decade. Entertain us, Paul. So Entertain make this us. a good one. Don't, right. Right. don't disappoint, well, listen, Paul. Well, be honest, fellas, I, I was listening to those stories and I nearly turned the radio off. Um, <laughs> so I thought, I'd, I thought I'd ring up with something poignant. Uh, Related to the VAR. Oh, I knew going to say. We can't end the decade on that. We can't do that. We can't. We can't. Legally, we're not allowed to do that. Otherwise, the train will never run again. You can't do that. He can't. Oh, my gosh. 6954. Oh, my God. Hello? Hello. Hey, you all right? Who's this? This is Richard. How old are you, Richard? Me. I'm 44. Good work. Right. Now then, Richard, I don't know if you heard the last two callers. We cannot end the midnight train of this decade. Either talking about sport... Okay, now Richard. Shall I tell you what, Kunde? Kunde, Kunde. I like to go to bed on a on a night time with Kunde and Goldstein, and I am the last midnight caller. Good night of the decade. See you later. listening to TalkSport's Daily Poddy, please click and subscribe via Acast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. There'll be a special edition of the Poddy tomorrow previewing all of the New Year football. And speak of New Year football, don't forget that all, yes, all of the Premier League football on New Year's Day is live and exclusive here on the TalkSport Network. Here are a few of the standout games to help you through your hangovers. From 11am in Game Day exclusive on TalkSport, it's Brighton versus Chelsea in a TalkSport exclusive with... Adrian Durham from the Amex Stadium from 3pm. It's Southampton versus Tottenham. A TalkSport exclusive, 5.30. It's West Ham versus Bournemouth on TalkSport 2. And back on to TalkSport, it's Arsenal versus Manchester United. Laura Woods presents from the Emirates Stadium. Commentary from Sam Matterface, Ali McCoyce and Paul Parker. Have a great new year. We'll see you in 2020. Be safe. Be safe, everyone. That was a podcast from TalkSport.